Welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You're listening on EWTN Radio or St. Gabriel Radio. Beyond Damascus is carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Today we're going to talk about the the secret behind mission, and that is intercession. Oh, man. It is an absolute pillar of my heart, of our community here. Um, And so I'm really excited to talk about intercession and go after that on how that is an encounter with Jesus Christ that leads to powerful mission. And and we're we're ultimately going to talk about that. Like I we we see that vision over and over and over again in scripture as the intercessor is the one who stands in the gap. I love like Ezekiel chapter uh, 22, the prophet he says, "I sought for anyone among them." He's speaking for the Lord. "I sought for anyone among them who would repair the wall and stand in the gap between me on behalf of the land, so that I would not destroy it. But I found no one. Therefore, I have poured out my indignation upon them. I have condemned them, and I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. I have returned their conduct upon their heads, says the Lord God. <laughs> pretty so like, the Lord, <laughs> He was having a hard day that day. No, I mean, the Lord wants to wash us with mercy, and he's like, please, like the intercessor stands in the gap between man and God, and he, he reconciles man and God. And there's one There's one person who is the ultimate intercessor who comes and stands in the gap between Jesus. man and God. <laughs> yeah. Right. Jesus is the ultimate intercessor. And like, we talk a lot at like at Damascus on this podcast about living the lifestyle of Jesus. Like mm-hmm. we want to we want to do healing ministry because that was a lifestyle of Jesus. We want to do prophetic ministry because it was a lifestyle of Jesus. But ultimately, the vocational call, if you will, the primary mission of Jesus was intercession. This mission of reconciliation, standing in the gap uh, to, to as the, the Father's wrath was was flaring up amongst the people, and he cries out. I just love that. He's like, I sought for anyone. I just need, he wouldn't need one person to like stand up and to pray for on behalf of the people, and he found no one. It, it, I think it's funny too, as, as you speak passionately about intercession and, and its, its foundation in the church, I think that uh, almost the opposite is true. That 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 when we seek to live the lifestyle of Jesus, I think oftentimes Christians will step away from intercession mm. because when I think of intercession, I think of like the initial catechism classes that I had in third and fourth grade when I learned of like the you know those basic fundamental elementary prayer modes. <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, I'm 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 all grown up. I'm mature. I I can step away from those mm-hmm. simple things yeah. to step into a more it's the ministry for babies. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and and the fact that I think that it um it's unfortunate, but I think it comes to our mind as passive. Mm. That like once I get into real mission, then I'm active. Doing but that something. intercession, yeah. that like vague question asking of the Lord that I used to do when I was a kid for whatever I was looking forward to or what my family needed, that was just kind of like a passive way of engaging the Lord. And now I actively engage yeah. him. I don't know why that is, but I do feel like in my experience, and then the experiences of people that I interact with, I think sometimes we do we we see intercession more passive than active, yeah. but it couldn't be it couldn't be more the reverse. Yeah. Well, I mean, our common our common experience of intercession, uh, which I would say probably is is at the petitions at mass, right? Yeah. It 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 oftentimes is just such a lifeless experience. Yes. You know, where we just repeat the same tried and true responsory, and yeah, uh, it it becomes like I don't know. Uh, background noise. Yeah, back. Uh, uh, so 
as I think about like someone standing in the gap and mm-hmm. the impact, the the activity, the mission it can have. Mm-hmm. So in the Old Testament, you have Moses, uh, and he comes down from the mountain, and the people are worshiping the false idol that they've made, right? And mm-hmm. Scripture says that God's cow. anger flares up again; His just mm-hmm. anger flares up, and He's about to destroy the six hundred thousand people, right? And God has promised He's not going to destroy the people again. He's already <laughs> made, like done that once with Noah. He's just well, at like, least by a flood. Yeah, he won't yeah, destroy yeah. them by a flood. <laughs> No, this time water, I'm using fire. Yeah. Uh, so his wrath is about to pour out upon 600,000 Israelites, right? And, they and Moses it. gets on his knees and he starts crying out. And he like encounter like he had just encountered the God in uh, of mm-hmm. Sinai, like this God who mm-hmm. like shakes a mountain and has peals of thunder and this like billowing smoke coming mm-hmm. forth from this mm-hmm. mountain. He encounters this God of like like vicious power, right? <laughs> And then he sees God's wrath and he says, have mercy on them. And he cries out and he's, and yeah. I love what he does because in order to like, <laughs> to, to stand in the gap for, mm-hmm. on behalf of those people, he tells the father to remember the faithfulness of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So mm-hmm. like his form of, um, of, of intercession is remember the faithfulness. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think like, especially in our times right now, like there's a lot of unfaithfulness mm-hmm. in the church. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but to, as an intercessor to say like, God, remember the faithfulness of John Paul, II, of yeah, mother Teresa, yeah. remember the faithfulness of Padre Pio and John Vianney, like come and like, as we pray for our, our country, like remember the faithfulness of the North American martyrs, remember the faithfulness of Elizabeth Ann Seton, right? Like that, that as we call the faithful of those who have gone beyond us, it, 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 in a sense, it allows God to see their goodness mm-hmm. and, and, and to, to have mercy yeah. on his people, even yeah. in the midst of our sin. I've been thinking about that. Like here at Damascus, there's, t- there's times when people pray for something. And my initial reaction, if I'm being honest, is that's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> like that's just not going to happen, yeah. right? Like, and that's in my own like humanity. But I wonder if I can recall... Which 90% of the battles won were impossible. Impossible. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's it. That's an that's accurate it. number, too. Yeah. 90%. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, you counted, you totally up, made you that counted up. up all of them yeah. and determined yeah. no. But I do think that there is something about that, that, that idea that, okay, the Lord has asked me to do something. I'm going to do it. Like Jesus has given me a model where he yeah. stood in the gap. He wants me to, so I'm going to do it, even if it seems impossible. And even when someone alongside me does something or prays for something, or contends for something that seems impossible, I'm going to hold their arms up and watch as the Lord continues to do His work. That's a great example, Brad, because I think the 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 intercessor is in the battle, right? And, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes we're like, well, you, like I got to do something. Like, what do I do? What yeah, do I do? Yeah, and yeah. it's like, intercession is the first and the most important aspect of doing. Like, mm-hmm. and when I when I referenced the etymology stuff, you <clears throat> you jumped right into like the actual etymology of the word. I was talking about the weird little chart you found at the bottom <laughs> of the website. I got excited about too many things. I know, because that weird that. little chart was like, it blew my mind. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, I can, yeah, I can share that. So Google, when they look at a word and its usage over time, Time, they look at the books that were in print or whatever at the time and the amount of times that that word was used in comparison to other words. And from the 1800s to now in 2022, the word intercede has just dropped off the face of the planet. Like it was like, it would literally be like looking at a mountain to a valley, yeah. right? Like it, it has drastically fallen off. And I found that to be the case with a lot of words like this, because I think as we've lost the ability to teach about it in the mm. church that that prides herself on it, 
we've lost the ability to, I don't know, gain that linguistic territory in the culture. Like intercede matters. Intercession matters. Having faith for something that we have not yet seen matters. That hope matters. So yeah. anyway, yeah, that, that little chart, I got too excited about all the different pieces, but yeah, the chart just showed something over 200 years that I think is telling of what we're talking about today. I think Jesus meant intercession to be the very means by which the world would be saved through him mm-hmm. after the, like in the apostolic age. And I think that's, that's mm-hmm. telling, why are we not succeeding? It's because we're not interceding. <laughs> like the, there's, there is a direct correlation with our cry for God to work and God working. Mm-hmm. And if we, mm-hmm. if we don't step up and mm-hmm. intercede, the Lord, I mean, he says, I search for anyone. Anyone among them who would stand in the gap. And if we don't stand in the gap, we're going to lose the battle. If we don't hold our arms Mm -hmm. up, we're going to lose the battle. If we Mm -hmm. don't hold up the arms of those who are holding up the arms, we're going to lose the battle. And we Mm -hmm. sit around and we're like, man, we're losing the battle. We're losing the battle. And we come up with all these strategies and all these programs and all these activities and another mission, another mission, another mission, and all these different things. But are are we actually winning the battle Mm -hmm. And are we advancing the kingdom forward? I would say often not because we're not interceding enough. Well, Dan, let me let me push back on that. You know, uh, in in the Old Testament, when Moses was in the battle, like there was an army fighting, mm-hmm. and there was one man interceding. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and the Lord says in, in, to the prophet Ezekiel, like He wants one man to stand mm. in the in the gap. Mm-hmm. Um, how how do we draw that balance? How That's do I good. orient my life? Because certainly we can't just have a church mm-hmm. that sits in silence and in monasteries and yeah you know the 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 lord the lord intercedes but he intercedes from a place of activity yeah Yeah. so i wonder i wonder what the balance is in a christian's life yeah i wonder the same I, i like this because i think that i think that is where the tension lies is that like at what point do I contend, and at what point do I go out and and act? And I and, think, and what does contending look like? Because I think our traditional concept yeah, is that no, you know I'm, I'm kneeling beside my bed, and yes, that's good. It is, and maybe that is the solution, and is needed at times, right? But I, I agree. I think there is the tension there, and I think that well, as we've talked about on this podcast and this radio show before, that there is kind of a lack on both sides of the fence, but maybe the lack on both sides of the fence is that they're supposed to serve one another. Mm. And as you lose one, you lose the other. It could be that they're directly correlated, that the lack of mission in the world has to do with the lack of intercession and maybe vice versa, which way I'm not sure Mm -hmm. which way the causality goes, but it seems like both are at a low. So it seems like there's a relationship here. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's the ultimate both and, right? We just always go back to that on the show that it's both and. So there's both the prayer and there's the action. Mm -hmm. And I think what I've noticed, at least in my own spiritual life, is the more the more I am on mission, mm-hmm. I am drawn to intercession, and the more I'm in intercession, I'm drawn to mission. Mm-hmm. Right? That mm-hmm. um, as as I go before the Lord on my knees and I cry out for God's people, and a, a true spirit of intercession where I'm crying out for God's people, like mm-hmm. yeah. as opposed to. Um, it, it, like the, there's like there's something that we, like I think the area where we're actually seeing a lot of victory and, and advancement of the kingdom of God is in the inner is in the um, the realm of uh, the abortion holocaust that there has been a consistent group of intercessors mm-hmm. in this country mm-hmm. since Roe v Wade mm-hmm. and we're right on the brink of Roe v Wade collapsing and it wasn't like they mm-hmm. just prayed there like out of that spirit of intercession came all kinds of apostolates sure. for that and That's so it's good. both missions and prayer mm-hmm. side by side. But yeah, I think w- w- Moses were, was where he was asked to be, and the, the soldier was where they were asked yeah. to be. Mm-hmm. And so it's really where you asked to be primarily. Well, and I think and, our tendency oftentimes is that when, when I, 
when we come to the uh, understanding that, well, not everyone can do that, then we automatically jump to the conclusion that therefore no one should do that. Not everyone. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, that's so funny. Not everyone should not, not everyone can be interceding on the top of the mountain or else the army can't progress forward. Mm. Therefore, nobody should be <laughs> interceding on the yeah. top of the mountain. Or therefore, right? oh, it's not for me. Yeah. yeah. So it, I think it's a, it's a process of, of realizing that like uh, my Christian walk has to be lived in partnership with, with mm -hmm. Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like I have, I have to realize that every day I'm asking the Lord, what is it that you have in mind for me today? What is mm -hmm. the mission that you have at hand for me today? Even if that means that I'm supposed to spend more time in the chapel today than I am on the mission field. Mm. Like, Agreed. Uh, what does that look like on a given day so that I can respond with a faithful yes? Yeah, well, and we all should, I, I think there's also this piece where we all should intercede before the battle. Yeah. And then there's someone who continues to intercede through the battle and others go into the battle, right? Yeah. Like, and I think that, I, I wanna play with something here as you guys were talking. I think that, we need to see intercession not as washing our hands mm -hmm. of something, but rather forming our hearts into something. Mm -hmm. That in intercession, I don't do away with my responsibility to mission. I actually form the heart that's required for it. Yeah, right? Exactly. That like, I think that that's where the dichotomy can come in sometimes where I can allow my... It's kind of like Facebook too. Like someone posts something that's amazing and I like it and that seems like my involvement in it. I do think that can happen sometimes. Yep. It's like, I'm a part of it. And so mm -hmm. like intercession can almost become my way of washing my hands and saying like, you know what? I've done my duty, but actually it's supposed yeah. to be. I made a social media post no, no, about exactly, that. Exactly. Exactly. But, but actually, <laughs> I'm advancing the kingdom. Yes, yes, yes. Well, and those things should be fuel, yeah. right? Like Coney when, I, when I, when I, when I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I know. Yeah. Hopefully not that, but like I, I make posts or I, or I like, I contend for something. And what I mean by contending is I pray with faith for something that it could actually happen. Yeah. I think that those things, if we saw them as forming the heart of a missionary disciple and not the end all be all like solution to yeah. being a missionary disciple, we would be on to something. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. I, I think the, so the, the Catholic church has established herself as a giant pillar of intercession. Like mm -hmm. everything we do as a mm -hmm. church is geared towards this ministry of intercession. Mm -hmm. And yet, um, I, sometimes it's just, it's the matter of the heart. We're not bringing the heart into it, right? So mm -hmm. we have the mass, which is the ultimate intercessory prayer. <laughs> we are literally representing Calvary. the sacrifice of Jesus <laughs> back to the Father to like help him remember. Like, remember the faithfulness of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? No, and remember the sacrifice <laughs> of Jesus, right? And so it is like we, 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 we are called to this common priesthood. We are a royal priesthood, you know, mm -hmm. and like mm -hmm. we have this common priesthood as a people where we enter into, through the sacrifice of our mm -hmm. own life and the sacrifice of our prayer, mm -hmm. we enter into the one final sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and we bring that gift back to the Father. Mm -hmm. And But I wonder, like, when we show up at Mass, do we show up enough or do we just teach enough and remind people enough? Show up and bring an intercession to Mass. Like, mm -hmm. like offer your Mass for someone. Offer... I, I I'm always like concerned. Oh man, did I let my mask go like un unused? Like did I like we don't want to let a mask go um, with without mm. a heart being offered up in in sacrifice for another. Yeah, I was preaching in Iowa just uh, recently, and I was preaching to some middle schoolers. And these middle schoolers, it's amazing to listen yeah. to middle schoolers' questions when you go into a Q and A. And we were in a Q and A, and I I said they could ask me anything, and one of them goes, "What's your favorite part of the mass?" Mm -hmm. And I was like, "This is awesome," and I was like. Actually, my favorite part of the Mass 
is that time when they start collecting money and they bring things up <laughs> yeah. the middle and we kind of think it's like halftime where uh-huh. we get to just kind of like pay attention to something <laughs> Ooh, else. We're halfway yeah, done. Yeah. Okay. And all of them Reset. were like, yeah, I know that part because yeah, I get that deep breath. And I was like, but check this out. That's actually an opportunity for us to offer something that seems minuscule and mm-hmm. irrelevant, but to offer it, right? Because like the fact that we're offering bread, wine, and a little bit of money, it's like, there's not much that can be done with that. Yet the Lord takes that and transforms it to himself. Yeah. And so what I was teaching these middle schoolers, I was like, hey, during that time, instead of thinking it's halftime, what if we actually watch them as they carry things up the aisle and we think to ourselves, and I mean, it's basic catechesis, right? But it reminded me of something. So it was good. like, why don't we think about what we're carrying up the aisle? And to me, I was like, I can't remember the last time I took the advice I'm giving these middle schoolers. Mm-hmm. Like, It is my favorite part of the mass because I understand it, I guess, theologically or catechetically, however you want to say it. Yeah. But how many times have I allowed my heart to actually go, I'm bringing this up yep. with that family. Mm-hmm. I'm bringing this up to your altar, Lord. Like, Very rarely do I actually it, contend there, even though I know it here. So yeah, anyway. it's so good. Whatever's offered on the altar as a sacrifice gets transformed into a banquet. Mm-hmm. And so I can pray with expectant faith that if I am offering this as a sacrifice to the Lord, mm-hmm. that he is going to transform it into something divine. That, that you said it earlier, that intercession brings the atmosphere of heaven down to earth. And so I bring these earthly sacrifices, bread and wine, he transforms it into divine nature. And so like whatever, like if I am offering something in prayer and sacrifice, supernaturally, God is going to do something. And it's, it's as if I'm taking a natural situation, a natural problem. I'm saying, okay, Lord, bring your supernatural solution to this natural difficulty. You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's show at www.ewtn.com radio slash podcasts or check us out on youtube or your favorite podcast app we'll be right back with this episode after a short break ewtn is everywhere ewtn radio programming is provided free of charge to over 500 domestic and international am and fm radio stations it's a great teaching tool for catholics and non-catholics alike For a complete list of EWTN AM and FM stations across America, visit EWTNradio.net. At the bottom of the page, click Affiliates. EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. On the next Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Hi, Teresa Tamio here, host of Catholic Connection on EWTN. Our show is here to keep you connected to the world and the church. We do that by giving you lots of news information as well as encouraging ideas. We're helping you to truly make a difference by taking your faith beyond Sunday every day. Catholic Connection, weekday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern on EWTN Radio. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. The difference between like suffering and sacrifice is is ultimately the intention that we yeah. bring in our hearts. Yeah, yeah. Right? So so you can go through the same positive experience. You can you can live the same, you know, experience of mass. You can celebrate the same uh holy hour or adoration, but but the, the minute that you that you unite your heart to the activity that you're engaging in, all of a sudden mm. it, it becomes 
holistic, right? It becomes impactful for you. Mm-hmm. So we're not, we're not, well, we are, but we can pray mass with more intention. <laughs> and, and, and it I, can be more intentional. Well, and I don't want to suggest, I think, I think it can become problematic if, if we become scrupulous that, oh man, that mass was wasted because I mm-hmm. didn't, I didn't walk into it with an intention, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's an opportunity that we have yeah. mm-hmm. to actually unite our hearts more closely to the heart of Jesus. Yeah. That sounds nice. It's an opportunity, but it's also an obligation. So like, it's, yes, that's like, yeah, it's an invitation. All like, come follow mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. But like, Dang it, like get on your knees. Like we have an obligation yeah. to pray. We have an obligation to sacrifice. Like it, it is meant to be a priest is one who mm-hmm. sacrifices on behalf of another for mm-hmm. the sake of their salvation. Yeah. And that is exactly what we're called to do as a common priest. That's my my priesthood as a Christian is I am called to sacrifice. And, mm-hmm. and a priest sacrifices mm-hmm. where? In the temple. So I'm called to sacrifice in this temple as yeah. my body on behalf of another mm-hmm. for their salvation. And that, so fasting is, is, is required. It's not, it's not an, uh, an opportunity for me as a Christian. It's required of me as a Christian because I need to sacrifice in this temple, my body, for the sake of others, lest, lest their salvation is lost. Like, well, like this, like the missionary zeal, mm-hmm. it has to be there in terms of like, I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast because it's that important yeah, or see- else the 600,000 people that are worshiping false idols could be destroyed with the fire of God's mm-hmm. wrath. Yeah, I love that. I, I see a connecting point. So I think the the principle here is that the very act itself is good, but we're called to greatness. I think what we need to know is if I go into mass and I'm distracted for a mass, that was still a good thing to do. Yeah. It wasn't as great as it could be, right? And so I think that's where people get stuck sometimes is like, am I going from bad to good? No, we're going from good to great. And I know that that's overused, but we really need to see it in that way because at the level of opportunity, it's something good for me to do. At the level of obligation, I'm now stepping into greatness when I actually see the reason behind that. So mm-hmm. when I come to Mass and I'm not distracted and I actually offer something, now I'm beginning to see something I couldn't have seen had I not done it. I think the same thing with fasting. Mm-hmm. If, if you don't eat meat on Fridays during Lent, you're doing a good thing. Yeah. If you do that and connect it to something transcendent, you're doing a great thing, corn right? Corn dogs at midnight. <laughs> corn, corn dogs, dogs at midnight. At midnight. Yeah, no. Dan eating corn <laughs> before, dogs at night. Before the show started, I was <laughs> confessing that I ate corn dogs last night at midnight. They were so delicious. It was a time of public repentance. Yeah, and I'm just, yeah, no, yeah, I'm yeah. I'll eat corn dogs corn any dogs. time of the day. Yeah. I would do it for breakfast. Oh, actually, they make those sausage-filled corn dogs that you can actually have, have at breakfast. That. You dip oh them into gosh. like a syrup cup. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Okay. I'm going to write the memoirs David, of Dan David, cut this, are going to be called this Corn Dogs the and Midnight, The Life and Hard Times of Dan Dimitri. But no, back to the thing. I, I, all I wanted to say there is I think that the, the tension you guys are speaking to, I think sometimes we can get into a semantic play where we, we think that opportunity is making it too passive and obligation is making it too um, – I don't know, stalwart, mm-hmm. but I actually think it's both. It's like, if I say yes to the opportunity and show up, I'm doing something good. If I feel it is the obligation it is and contend in that and go to the ends of that, I'm going to see what greatness looks like. Like the greatest masses I've ever been a part of is when I actually like think about the words I'm praying. Like, just think about the creed. Like j- just pray the creed one yeah. time and think about what you're saying. Yeah. And I, I don't do that most Sundays, but when I do, when I actually bring in that right heart, because I'm re- I'm required as a Catholic to pray the creed in faith, Yeah. right? But if I just pray the creed not knowing it has faith, that's mm. still a good thing. But if I pray the creed and I know that there's faith behind it, I, 
it's something yeah. different, right? I, I, but you, I'm disagreeing with t- you. Tell me, tell well, me your, because, your issue with it. Because it, it, the goal of prayer is to motivate God's heart and to transform His heart and to change. Like so, like I, the intercessor is crying out to God yeah. that God's heart would be filled with mercy upon His people, and so He He requires us and asks us to pray so that he can intervene, right? Yeah. It's not, it, 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 like literally, and this is Isaiah chapter 30. He says, people of Zion, you will weep no more. How gracious God will be when you cry for mm-hmm. help. Mm-hmm. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Yeah. That God is, it, it, that he wants to help his people, but his people aren't crying out enough. And so we're not seeing the advancement of the kingdom yeah. of God because we are too passive in our prayer and we lack faith faith. And so it is good that Catholics yeah. are going to Mass on Sunday, but if Catholics are not entering into the sacrament of salvation without a heart full of, mm-hmm. of, of prayer and, and faithfulness, yeah. that it may be good, but it produces no fruit. Yeah. Well, not well, I maybe not as much fruit. Can I ask a clarifying question? Yeah. So I think, because I, I love your heart in it. I think that your heart comes from a uh, a, I don't want to call it a worry, but we'll call it that. I think it comes from a worry that people will use opportunity as an excuse not to go farther. Is that fair? No, I think it's a, it, it's that we don't want to chastise people, and the church needs to be chastised. Okay. We sure. are not sure. praying hard enough yeah. for the salvation of the world. Yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, that we need missionary activity. Part mm-hmm. The foundation of missionary activity is prayer, and mm-hmm. without that foundation, our missionary activity mm-hmm. bears no... Th- it's you sow the seed upon fertile soil. The mm-hmm. only way for the so- soil mm-hmm. to become fertile is for intercessors to pray yeah. for the soil to become fertile. And so I can sow all the seed I want. It falls on rocky ground if the intercessors are not praying. Why, why, do, you, why do you think this gap exists? I think it's because we we fail to form our people that prayer mm-hmm. is powerful and meaningful. We lack, mm-hmm. our, the mm-hmm. leaders in our faith lack faithfulness that God actually transforms Mm -hmm. this world through prayer, that we think that we have to do something in order for Mm -hmm. God to move, where God doesn't need us to do anything. He just needs us to cry out. Mm -hmm. And we do, we're called to do things. Mm -hmm. We are called to have missionary activity, right? And he invites us into that. But our, 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 like the 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 Lord, he he wants his people to cry out. I just it's yeah. a it's a gospel mandate. And I think <clears throat> I think I'm in agreement with you. I think that where where I'm kind of coming from is this idea that in order to even be at a place where I can bring my heart to something, I have to be doing it. Yeah. Right. So like I think some people that listen today might Almost think like, like encounter meets mission. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was just thinking to myself like. It's better for you to go to mass and figure out how to bring a heart there than to not go. Yeah. It's better for you to show up to prayer and not know how to bring your whole self there than to not show up. Yeah. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is like for anyone that's listening today and for us at this table, like if there's a season where it's like, I'm going into mass and I'm not exactly sure how to bring my whole heart because I'm distracted, you should still go. Cause it's good for you to be there. Begin Absolutely. working out greatness there. So yeah. I think, I, I think we might be talking in circles with each other, but I think I agree with the heart of what you're saying that I think we don't pray from a place of enough faithfulness. And, and we've talked about that on the podcast before, and I, I'll go back to Aaron on that, but in the prayers of the faithful, I've said that before in a, in a recent, yeah. or maybe a, it might not be recent, but in a previous show that we call it the prayers of the faithful, but it feels anything but faithful sometimes. <laughs> it really does feel like uh-huh. prayers of the complaining yeah. sometimes, right? And I even fall into it. It's like, here's the, I don't know, 
200th straight Sunday where we pray for more priests. And I just kind of say, yeah, Lord, would you already do it? Lord, hear our prayer. It's like, that's not helpful. Yeah. Like I want to contend and say, Lord, would you like raise up a people that wants to give their whole life? Well, if you, if you look at the intercessors in the scripture, it, Scripture uses verbs like they cried out, they 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 wailed, they 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 urged God, right? Like there's mm-hmm. there's actual there's something about the heart of man that has to be activated in prayer, and so it's it's mm. it's prayers of the complacent, right? It's because the heart of man isn't being activated, and so it's 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 not enough to say our prayers; we actually have to pray, and in order to pray. We have to activate our heart. Not saying that you have to be emotional, right? Like, but there's got to be this desire that God is, Mm -hmm. you're actually communing with God the solution and you're asking his his solutions to invade Mm -hmm. earth in in a a place where my heart believes that when I say this prayer, God will hear me. Yeah. Well, and let's not be nervous about using the word emotional either. Yeah. Like I actually think that any movement of the heart is by its nature emotional. (laughs) It comes from the same root of motion. Yeah. It means moving. Mm. Like, like an emotion is something I'm moved to. Motion is when I'm moving. So I think that sometimes in the church, we can fear the word emotion because it makes God into like some happy talk God. But no, like any authentic move of the heart, mm-hmm. e- even if it's without emoting as we understand it with mm-hmm. tears or whatever that is, it's still emotional because my heart's moving towards something. Yeah. That, that's almost the definition of yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, so... Aaron's uh, going to ground us right I can't here. Wait. Here's the, here's the, <laughs> I can't wait. Here, Brad and Dan just, just went crazy. Now Aaron brings the ground. No, okay, okay. Let me offer this. this is, so this. Um, <laughs> when, we, when we fall into routine, we end up oftentimes losing the heart behind it. Yep. Right? So did the church make a mistake in formalizing the liturgy? No. I mean, I, I, I presume it's, I presume it's written somewhere uh-huh. that, it's a, that it's most appropriate That's in the really prayers of intercession— for us oh, all yeah. to stand up and say, Lord, hear our prayer yeah. In, yeah. in monotone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm joking, I, that's obviously. Slightly sarcastic. I, I get, I get yes. it. Uh, I get what you're getting at there. But, you know, what's... I, I think you could argue the same thing for the entire liturgy, that that at, at some point in, in history, there was a group of men and women who were, who were running for fear of their lives and gathering in a home to celebrate the Lord's Supper. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, while, while certainly... While certainly there were there were components of that form that remain similar to what we practice today. It didn't look like Mass at St. John Newman. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there was a point in history at which the church mm-hmm. determined that it was good to formalize those things. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Was that a was that a an admission that we're no longer going to bring an intercessory heart? Uh, I, I think I think what we're fighting right now is the temptation that when things get routine, my heart checks out. So. I, I'm just I'm, I'm posing I'm posing yeah. as a thought a, a, a thought process here. Like the church has wisdom mm-hmm. in the development mm-hmm. of the liturgy. Uh, why are Why are we suggesting that in order to effectively intercede, we somehow have to like do more than what the church requests? Well, I think you definitely have to do more than just mass and prayer. But why? Right? So I because my my, I have, my prayer I have life is that. not my prayer life is not only the mass, right? And so well, yes, so m- more in terms of I, my life has to be fuller than that hour. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we I don't think we should say necessarily that what the church has prescribed in the form of the liturgy is insufficient. Therefore, I have to bring some, you know, mode of mode of operation into the story. That's not at, at all. It's it's the heart behind it. It's Good. exactly yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's I have to activate my heart. And so 
um, the, the I can't just go to mass. I have to pray mass, and so uh, it's good mm-hmm. to go to mass, right? <laughs> but but there, if I'm praying with no, if I offer the prayers of, of the course, faithful of course. without I, actually praying, it has to be prayers of the faithful. Yeah, there I guess I guess what I'm asking is, how can the church help us in this, as opposed to seeing the liturgy as the enemy? It's jerks like me. Oh, yeah, it really. It's like it's just people who remind people. Yeah. That that you have to step up and pray. Like you, it's it, you, we, there's a reason that there's prophets in the church. It's it's because the prophets tell the people you're not you're you're off you're off course on God's heart, and yeah. so mm-hmm. God wants this from you. Change your life, yes. right? And, and, so, and that's and that's not a new thing. Yeah, it's not a new right? thing no. at all. Yeah, I mean that's yeah it, the it, and that's we just need more people reminding us, and I need this reminder all the time. I think yeah. the reason. I talk about intercession so much mm-hmm. is because I want to preach to myself because yeah. I I need to remind yeah, myself good. to enter into prayer with more faithfulness in God that He's actually going to move. And, and I, so the it, like we just need like just call people out right yeah. like in, in in a loving way yeah but well, like and challenge them like are you praying mass like are you entering in are you on your knees during the rosary are you saying your prayers or are yeah, you, so so what does that actually look kids? like is is it is it truly the act of getting on my knees is it the like how do you muster up a heart of intercession in yourself yeah i think that's so, great i think that's but i i i think that's kind of like at least I hope that's what I was trying to get at with the good and great thing that that mother church has given us the the perfect form Yet we as individuals determine how we engage such a form, yeah. right? So when I go into mass, yeah. like mass has given me the form to come into an offering to the Lord. Yeah. Yet I am an individual who either partakes actively, fully, complacently in that form. Like I make that decision. And I think that I think that's a good place to go with the conversation too, is like, what is intercession, right? Because yeah. we, we have the definition of it and things. And I actually think that the church has such a wide array of ways yeah. to intercede oh, sure. that we don't like, but, but we as individuals don't ever learn about them. So we always yeah. think that like, in order to intercede, I need to show up to the church a half hour early and pray the rosary. That well, is undoubtedly one way to I do it. And I promise that if you boil it down to a form, that you're going to lose heart. <laughs> well, I don't. Yes. I, yeah, I but, think, but that's no, because that's, we can't you make... You sharpen yourself. You always, yeah. you always have the potential, but you don't. I think so. the key word is always. So, yes. so yeah. like, I need to consistently be asking myself, is my heart in the game? Yeah, well, we exactly. should never. We should always be slow to make a prescription on something Mother Church hasn't spoken absolutely on, right? So, the, so like, if Mother Church hasn't said there's one way to intercede, we shouldn't make one way to intercede, No, right? one, I don't think anyone. So let's no, talk no, no, about no, what I, are the I'm ways not, you guys intercede. I'm saying I think we're in agreement yeah. on that. I, yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure that anyone listening knows that's what we're saying. Yeah. That, like, we're not saying that, like, Mother Church to, says to here's, do, here's one better. way to intercede or one way to do mass, <laughs> but this is a way by which we're actually called to have a disposition of heart yeah. that engages both to the full. Yeah. So how do I intercede? Yeah. I, I, I have, I, I've tried to make intercession part of my daily life in a very intentional way. And yeah. so the Chapel of Divine Mercy is, is the time in which I get on my knees and I battle for intercession and conversion of the whole world. So I offer mm-hmm. the decades of... Um, the Chapel of Divine Mercy for different intercessions. So one decade is for like the conversion of the Muslim nations. Another decade would be for the conversion, like the dismantling of communism and the conversion of China. Like those are those are passions on my heart that I believe through my prayer, I am waging war and I'm, I'm converting Muslim nations mm-hmm. when I enter into that. So that's a daily habit for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then it can go as silly as when I brush my teeth, 
I pray for my children's purity, like, cause I'm purifying my teeth. So I've, I've just said, I want to make sure I pray for my kids' purity every day. I'm going to, whenever I brush my teeth, I'm going to pray for my children's purity. So I've attributed actions of my day with an uh, intentional prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, so simple things like that. Really I good. think I wake up a lot. Like I actually have asked the Lord to wake me up in the middle of the night. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I call it like intercessory dreams where I wake up in the middle of the night um, often. Hmm. And, uh, it, I, I think it started with heartburn, like actually like <laughs> in the natural. And I said, Lord, if I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night with heartburn, like I want my heart to burn for your people. And so all through the night, mm-hmm. whenever I wake up, I go right into intercession. And a lot of times I'll actually get out of my bed and drop to my knees and pray for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's like, this is a sacrifice. I don't want to get out of bed, but I'm going to get out of bed. Yeah. I'm going to get on my knees. I'm going to pray. And then I'm going to get back into bed. And so I think that when I find that my heart lacks that sensitivity, mm-hmm. that's when I, I jump into like a three o'clock vigil, like, because it's like, okay, I'm going to do a 3 a.m. vigil to wake my heart up again. And, mm-hmm. um, and because for me, I know the three o'clock vigil and my wife, she always says, uh, she, she's always like, uh Oh, something must be going on in your prayer life. If I'm doing a three <laughs> o'clock vigil, because she knows that's the way I wake up my prayer life. Uh, when my heart yeah. lacks sensitivity. That's so good. Yeah. I, I, I'll be totally honest. My my path towards intercession has been one that is currently developing. That I think for a really long time, as I was figuring out the ways in which the Lord wanted to relate to me, I didn't fully know how to bring the heart of mission that I was putting into action into my prayer in a sufficient way, I guess. And so recently what I've been in love with is that the Lord has been showing me just the ways that he wants to transform my response to things that move my heart. So in the world, sometimes at Damascus or at a coffee shop in Westerville or in Columbus, when I'm doing my different, I don't know, like errands, I find in my heart at times, I'll overhear a conversation that I get frustrated with, or I'll see something happening that I'm just bummed about. And what my tendency as an extrovert to do is to find someone and have a conversation about it that might even look like gossip sometimes, just if I'm being fully transparent. And over time, the Lord has showed me, no, Brad, I've given you a heart that breaks when injustice is present. When you hear something being spoken that's not true, when you see something that's operational, that's not as good as it could be, I don't want you to lose that lens. Mm. I just want you to change your response. And so it's been like the last year of my life where I'll see things like that and the Lord will actually invite me to pray right then. And it's amazing to me because it hasn't been a part of my life. Like I'll usually be like, I'll pray for that later and then I'll never get to it. But now it's been like in the moment, I'll overhear a conversation, a coffee shop, and my heart will just be breaking. It'll be like, that is just so not like, that's just not it. That's not it. And in my heart, instead of finding someone to be like, yeah, I heard this conversation, a coffee shop. And can you believe people think this? And I'm not saying I would say it exactly like that, but my heart comes across like that sometimes. Instead in that I'm sitting a, a table over and I'll just go to the Lord and be like, Lord, I just pray that your truth would transcend this conversation right now. Yeah. Pray that you'd move in this place. I find myself doing it at mass. I find myself doing it on car rides. And I'm not sure where that goes, but that's been my relationship with intercession, I'd say, so recently. I'm finding that that is, <clears throat> there's, there's two, I'm seeing two different ways to see if someone has an actual call to intercession. Mm-hmm. And when I see a personality trait in a person, I actually say, that's the, that's the gift of intercession upon your life. Mm-hmm. Like, and one of those is, when when they when the things of this world um, attack their spirit and they well up in, in mm-hmm. frustration or annoyance, so like mm-hmm. people who get really 
frustrated over the political atmosphere, yeah. right? Or they get annoyed over some like some injustice, and there's all like, and a lot of times that just that can lead to a complaining spirit, yeah. or it can lead to an intercessory heart. And mm-hmm. so when you see that person, or if you are that person, and you you realize <laughs> when I hear something on the news, something happens inside of me. That's the Holy Spirit stirring up in you mm-hmm. to become an intercessor yeah. for that thing that's stirring you, right? Secondly, is that that person who's kind of like a crazy entrepreneur, they have all of these passions and sometimes they feel very handicapped because they're like passionate about this, passionate about this, passionate about this. Like and like and what I've realized is the Lord places passion in people, mm-hmm. not always to tell them what your job is to be, but what your intercessory mission mm-hmm. is. And so like for me, I'm really passionate about the homeless. I've asked, I spent years with a spiritual director asking the Lord, am I called to do homeless ministry? I, 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 dis, I, I discerned uh, leaving church parish work to, to go full-time into intercessory work because my heart is so passionate for the poor and the homeless. Mm-hmm. After a couple of years of praying and fasting and talking to a spiritual director, what I realized was that was just a, a, a call to intercession. And so... Mm-hmm. Praying for the homeless is an actual thing that my family does all the time because, like we, be- I believe that it's my job to to lead prayer ministry for the homeless. Yeah. And I, but I don't do any homeless ministry. It's not part of my active. But so those passions that we get that may not line up. Like I'm passionate about China. There's not. I can't yeah. go to China right now. There's mm-hmm. just like it's not. God's not calling me to mm-hmm. that. And so because of that, I pray. Yeah, and can I say something? You mentioned the political realm. And as mm-hmm. we're recording this, our world is struggling at sitting down and listening to people that think differently. Uh, it's struggling talking to people who think differently. And as mm-hmm. you were talking, Dan, the Lord put this on my heart. And I know it's a one-liner, but it'll help us remember it. But the prayer chamber is more effective than the echo chamber. So whenever I have something that comes onto my heart and I'm tempted to just find someone who will just agree with me, Mm -hmm. to continue to just agree with me and make me feel like I'm right, that is far less effective than the prayer chamber where it's like, Lord, this isn't sitting right with me. And I'm not sure I'm right, but I would love for you to show me if I am wrong where I am and if I'm right where I can pray. It's more effective. It's just a more effective operation. And if you've been living in the echo chamber, which sometimes when I listen to the news, that Aaron's a great accountability partner on this, sometimes I get into the echo chamber mode and just repent and turn to prayer, Yes, right? Repent and turn to prayer. He knows better. And that doesn't mean you're not supposed to still be an audible witness to social injustice. That's critical. So like we do need, we have the principle of participation in the social doctrine of the church. We have to participate and participation is not only prayer, it's also activity, but at the same time, prayer's got to be Yeah, well, prayer shouldn't take away passion, it should add to it. And again, that's everything we're talking about. Like prayer yeah. should actually activate that. Not- Wait, so yeah, you're l- a powerful l- l- Let me jump in. The, uh, so I, I want to give permission um, for, for people who might be tuning in today. Like give yourself permission to be inspired by the words of others that you can be called to action. So Dan, you and I mm-hmm. had a conversation a number of months ago about waking up in the middle of the night and actually orienting that space for prayer. Yeah. And uh, I had heard that, you know, I heard similar messages a number of times before, but just never done it. So I have been doing that recently and it's been really just beautiful and fruitful to remind myself that like at every moment, my first orientation should be to dedicate this moment to the Lord. Um, whether that's in the middle of the night or whether that's in the middle of the day or in the middle of dinner mm-hmm. uh, or in the middle of mass, yeah. uh, that, that, that anytime my mind begins to wander from him is an invitation to go back. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess I want to, I want to paint maybe two, two more practical 
perspectives on, on, on this. So um, when I look at when I look at the army of the Israelites fighting the battlefield and, and one man stepping up, uh, you could see that as a team that, hey, we've got a we've got a hundred missionaries here at Damascus. We need we need one intercessor to be sitting in the chapel. Or I you know, I look at that as my day that I've got 24 hours in the day. I need to make sure that a portion of that is spent hmm. in intercession. Yeah. Right? That that I need to I need to give a tithe of my life to actually interceding for the things that I value, mm-hmm. as opposed to falling into a place where ministry is just routine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I'm when I'm preparing for a meeting, um, I, I, I try my best to discipline myself to spend five minutes before the meeting, like in prayerful intercession for what's about to transpire and for the heart of the person I'm about to engage in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. That I, I wanna I wanna intercede in that moment to prepare mm-hmm. myself for the mission that may otherwise seem routine. Yeah. One of our producers for this show, Gabe, but he uh he started a practice this year that he's going to tithe uh, 10% of the meeting time to prayer. And the first time I heard him say that, I was like, it's so ridiculous. Like, cause it's like, uh, it, so if it's a, you know, a 60 minute meeting, the first 10, I mean, the first six minutes are in prayer. And I was annoyed the first time, but then we actually went into the six minutes of prayer and my heart was actually transformed during that time to enter into the meeting better. I'm like, dang it, this is like, accurate. Like this is, this actually made my heart yeah. more prepared. Not saying that we should always do that or that everyone's called to that, but it was a challenge that, yeah, tithing time to prayer, it prepares your heart to be God's heart for the mission. You're listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Radio. You can listen to the whole version of today's show at www.ewtn.com slash radio slash podcasts. Or check us out on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. We'll be right back with this episode after a short break. EWTN has just increased my faith so much. I am a cradle Catholic, and I thought I knew my faith very well. But um, when uh, Mother Angelica passed away, and it was so much in the news, I learned all about EWTN and started listening all the time. And my eyes have been opened to my faith so much. EWTN, helping people grow in their love and understanding of God. If you have a few minutes a day, you can become an EWTN media missionary in your parish, in your community, or through prayer. Be a part of Mother Angelica's mission. Place your gifts and strengths in service to Christ and His Church by volunteering your time and sharing the eternal word with the world. Visit EWTNmissionaries.com today. EWTN, the Global Catholic Network. Welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. Beyond Damascus is aired on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network and right here in Central Ohio on St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I want to talk about the three reasons intercession is critical, Mm -hmm. and this will kind of put a bow on the show. I think the first one is that intercession gives us God's heart for His people. Mm -hmm. And so without a a spirit of intercession, I'll, I'll never have his heart. And have you guys experienced that where intercession has given you a heart for God's people? Um, one of the things that I found uh, that's been really meaningful for me in the course of ministry here at Damascus, it's easy to have 10,000 kids walk through your door and never see a kid's face, mm-hmm. right? And, and never actually engage with a child uh, or, or uh, your parishioner at your parish or, or your or your son or daughter at home mm-hmm. or your or your 
you know, your coworker at, 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 at the workplace, but to, to never actually engage with them as, as realizing that, Hey, you are a person who bears the image of Christ. And, um, this was really meaningful for me last year. I was, I was preparing for a session. I was going to be preaching at the, at the end of a night at camp. And, uh, I, I just, I felt the Lord, um, place a, place a longing in my heart. He, he, you know, he said that you're not going to be able to effectively preach to this, to this group unless you, you realize that I'm presence in their midst. Like you realize that, that you're preaching to the face of Jesus. So he, and you know, the Lord, um, invited me to go up and walk through the, through the dining hall and uh during during dinner and as i walked through i just I, I looked at every kid's eyes that i that i saw who walked by me and it was just so evident that i'm like that that you are like you are christ yeah that you are the image of christ who who i'm who i'm called to give my life for that when i when i see my daughters um fighting with each other or battling over a little cat toy <laughs> right that I, that I can look them in the eye and i can realize that like you are christ and i'm called to minister to christ in this moment that that I think the heart of intercession is going to be given to us when we when we ask to see with the eyes of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, this is kind of a silly story off of that, Aaron. It's such a good word. I so I drive a motorcycle and I usually just drive through downtown streets and stuff like that. And on a motorcycle, it's this awkward relationship you have with people not on your motorcycle because you're not in a car, so there's not like there's no like. In a car, you're like separated from the other car. In a motorcycle, you're just like near that car or near the person on the downtown street. And it's like, it just feels funny. And I always felt funny with it. And I was like, well, what should I do with this funny feeling? And I started just doing that like like every person because I recognized people more on my motorcycle. Um, and I started to like on downtown streets be like, you are Jesus, you are Jesus. And then like pray for them. And what it was wild because there's such diversity in this world. And when you start recognizing it and then praying for those individuals, mm-hmm, yeah. all of a sudden you just see Jesus everywhere and your heart is, mm-hmm. is transformed. Yeah, that's really good. I, um, I received a prophetic word at one point in my life that I was called to do ministry in the Middle East. And we were just starting Damascus, not Damascus, I remember that Syria. Word. We're actually yeah. starting Damascus <laughs> in Ohio. And uh, I was like, that just, there's no way. But it was from a person, like, yeah. obviously you test every word, but it, it was from a person who I, I just know is with the Lord. And so I was like, okay, what does this even mean? And we were actually preparing for summer camp to make a long story short. I get a phone call from this random area code and I answered it while we were getting ready for summer camp. And it was this um, graduate from Moorhead State University who graduated with a friend of mine from my hometown. And he goes, I- I've heard that you're doing work for the Lord. And I just wanted to let you know that I'm going to be serving with crew in the 1040 window. And I was wondering if you join my support team. Hmm. And like, I teach mission support raising to our missionaries here. And like, the fact that my resource, my financial resource goes with someone, it, it, it's not a means to an end. It, it is, it, it is a partaking in mission. Yeah. And so all of a sudden I was doing mission in the 1040 window, but I'll, I'll, I'll hang my hat on that one. But one thing that when you were saying that, and then I'll, I'll throw it over to Aaron is, I mean, the patron saint of missionaries is Therese of Lisieux, who was in a convent. <laughs> like, like she's the patron saint of missionaries yeah. because she was praying for missionaries. Like, I don't know what else to even say there. I mean, it yeah. just proves the point you're you're saying Amen. to a T. But when I spent time on mission in in Paris, I really just fell in love with the church in Europe, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I've had a I've had a strong heart for for the church in in France and the church in Paris. And through my engagement with the uh, the Seminary for Foreign Missions in Paris, mm-hmm. have also grown into a love of the church in China. Um, hmm. So I'll, I'll throw that out there uh, and. <laughs> 
for any of anybody who's listening who might be intimidated by this question, I, I want to also maybe get a little more a more real and practical in our everyday life. Yeah, you know, uh, I've talked on the show before. In my experience in Appalachia, like I have a I have a real heart for the poor here in America. Yeah, um, especially in in Kentucky, like just going down there, actually developing a heart for love for the people that you've had the opportunity for ser- to serve. Uh, That's really you're, you're not you're not carrying a lesser missionary heart when when your when your nation might be the homeless shelter down the street. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I think my nation, That's one really of my good. nations, is homeless. Yeah, the homeless. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, my last one is kind of a uh, tongue in cheek, um, but when I was when I was in high school youth ministry, um, I really developed a heart for the the guys particularly who oftentimes missed the message because they were uh, mm-hmm. they were the ones who like played video games and listened to anime and like, cause Dan, cause Dan always had an, uh, like, uh, uh, a desire, I don't know, an affinity toward like <laughs> the rough and tumble. Yeah, I like, I like the rough bros. guys. Yeah. And so, uh, we, like we started doing nerd nights, um, where we I would remember the nerd get together we'd, 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 uh, we'd play some smash bros <laughs> and, and, and connect over the gospel. And like you, you can, you can have, really you good. can have a, you can have a, a nation, um, an unreached people yeah. uh, in any in any area of your life. Um, look for look for where you're passionate and look for where people are getting missed. This is so good. Okay, I want to wrap up the. So I think to summarize that, Aaron, it was so good. Missionary activity softens your heart to become a greater intercessor, and intercessory activity softens your heart to go on mission. Really and good. that the two go hand in hand, two legs that we walk on. Um, well, let's close in prayer. I just want to pray um, for for those who are listening, for their hearts. Um, In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. 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 Lord, for any intercessor uh, that has known that they've been called to be an intercessor, but has felt like they've been uh, overlooked and unseen in the church, I just, the Lord is speaking to you right now that your mission is critical and valuable. And even though you haven't been uh, honored publicly, the Lord uh, with his angels and his saints, they are honoring you in heaven. Uh, That he has seen your hours um, in prayer, and he is so grateful for your love. He's so grateful for your compassion. He's so grateful for your heart of mercy. Yeah, Jesus, uh, I pray that in in speaking about intercession and calling us to a greater heart, Lord, that none of us would ever feel missed or inadequate, mm-hmm. um, but Jesus, that you would show us your unique plan and mission for every person who's, who's listening to today's mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, every single one of us is called to a unique work, and and part of that work is is working with greater intention. So again, I just echo the prayer that you'd mm. give us your heart for your people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Lord, um, we pray that we would look more like you every day, and we would take our place as intercessors, as ones that stand in the gap in the same way that you do. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, you've been listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. We're so grateful um, to be able to share the gospel with you and to pray for you. Friends, thanks for listening to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. You can listen to the whole version of today's show by going online to www.ewtn.com slash radio slash podcasts or searching for Beyond Damascus on YouTube or your favorite podcast app.